Welcome to Disputed. Thank you for joining us this week. It is August 29th, 2021. Let's discuss the news. I'm Nevin Hoffman. The biggest headline this week by far, of course, um, the the troops that we lost this week in Afghanistan. We're going to spend some time on this because it's really important. Um, each one of the 13 members of the military that lost their lives in, in Cabal in that explosion. Each of them was a human being that was over there in service to their country because um, they thought that was the right thing for them to do. Um, they knew they were at risk. But keep in mind, we haven't lost anybody in Afghanistan, I, I believe, since 2018. And so, um, of course, this is heartbreaking regardless. You know, one, one loss is, is heartbreaking and devastating. To to have lost thirteen at once is just is just heartbreaking, especially after such a long time of having lost one. Um, so, of course, we have them in our thoughts. We have their families in our thoughts, and I want to go through the names. And um, this article also has some some more information about each individual. So we're going to go through that now. Um, so, Navy Hospitalman Max Soviak. Um, disclaimer, of course, I don't know how to pronounce some of these names, so forgive me if I mispronounce. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, we know Soviak was 22, and, uh, of course, a young man. And, I mean, he was he was into cliff jumping. Um, I believe he, he was out of San Diego. So, um you know, there's there's comments from from uh, his high school superintendent, from uh, some U.S. senators writing some some nice words, um, and then of course his uh, sister um, posted a tribute on Instagram saying, "My beautiful, intelligent, beat to the sound of his own drum, annoying, charming baby brother was killed yesterday, helping to save lives," and so of course that's it's heartbreaking. So that's um, Navy Hospitalman Max Soviak. Um, next, uh, Marine Corps Corporal Degan, Dagan Page, um, Dagan Page, I believe is how you would pronounce that. Um, and Dagan's actually an Omaha native, um, Omaha, Nebraska. So, uh, Dagan was 23 and, uh, yeah, went to Millard South, graduated from Millard South High School. Just a few years ago, um, he loved the Brotherhood of the Marines and was proud to serve as a member of the Second Battalion, First Marine Regiment, at uh, the Marine Corps Base Camp in Pendleton, California. Uh, he was a longtime member of the Boy Scouts, um, Iowa native, um, and uh, said he enjoyed playing hockey, hunting, spending time outdoors with his dad, and being out on the water. A big heart um, for animals and a soft spot for his dogs. And uh, he was planning to go to a local trade school when he got home. So, um, especially, I mean, seeing this young man, a photo of him, um, knowing that he's 23, of course I'm 23 as well. Um, now all of these uh, young people that died were young people. They were uh, between 18 to 20, 25 
Um, I mean, that's just, it's tragic. These, these are essentially young men. Um, I believe one woman as well that well, again, lost their lives. Um, and we're going to maybe dig into some why, uh, afterwards. But right now I just want to focus on remembering these folks. Um, so more on, um, page here. Say, okay. So our beloved son, um, Dagan William Tyler Page was killed in Afghanistan. Um, he joined the Marine Corps after graduating Millard South. And um, his girlfriend, mom, dad, stepmom's, stepmom, stepdad, four siblings, and grandparents are all mourning his loss. Um, so he was raised in Red Oak, Iowa, and the Omaha metro area. And uh just sounds like, you know, sounds like a great guy, so... Remembering him as well. And keeping his family in our thoughts, of course. Uh, Marine Corps Lance Corporal Kareem um, Nakui, I believe might be how you pronounce that. Um, Steve Nakui, Kareem's dad, confirmed that his son was among the dead on Thursday's attack. Um, He told the outlet he was desperately waiting for updates on his son, Following the news of the explosion, when um, when uh, three Marines arrived at his door in the middle of the night, can't imagine waking up to that for sure. Um, he was twenty years old, and he was born the same year that it all started, two thousand one. Corporal, excuse me, Corporal Hunter Lopez graduated in two thousand seventeen from Laquita High School. He was 22. He was the son of um, Riverside County Sheriff's Captain Herman Lopez and uh, <laughs> Riverside County Deputy Sheriff Elisa Lopez. So they announced his death on Facebook. Um, his parents did. Uh, actually, I believe it was the police department, uh, Riverside County Sheriff's Department. Um, according to the Post, Lopez planned on eventually becoming... Uh, River, Riverside County Sheriff's Deputy, following his parents' footsteps. Lance Corporal Riley McCollum. He was a newlywed with a baby due um, in three weeks. So he's going to, a young father. Um, he wanted to be Marine his whole life and carried around his rifle and his diapers and cowboy boots. Um, his sister wrote, um, adding that he wanted to be a history teacher and a wrestling coach once he got out. Graduated from Jackson Hole High School in 2019, um, where he wrestled and played football. Um, looks like his dad said um, he found some comfort in knowing his son was helping people when he died. I couldn't be more proud of him. He's a hero. Darren Taylor Hoover, a staff sergeant, from Utah, he uh, was 31, so I guess I was a little off earlier when I said 18 to 25, so he was 31, but obviously still young. Um, he loved what he did. Uh, he was leading his men and was with them to the end. He loved uh, these United States and proved it by his service. Um, this is his dad, 
talking to local news. We are so heartbroken and feel for the families of his fallen brothers as well. Our condolences go out to them in, in this trying time. Lance Corporal Jared uh, Schmitz, Jared Schmitz, from uh, Wentzville, Missouri, uh, was 20. He graduated from high school in 2019. He was uh, first deployed to Jordan and just recently had been moved to Afghanistan. Lance Corporal David Lee Espinoza. Um, he was 20 from uh, Texas. One of the representatives for his um, home district said, um, Espinoza embodies the values of America. Grit, dedication, service, and valor. When he joined the military after high school, he did so with the intention of protecting our nation and demonstrating his selfless acts of service. Um, Mr. Espinoza is a hero. Sergeant Johnny Rosario Pachardo. Rosario Pachardo. It's a kind of a longer last name. Um, he was 25. From Lawrence, Massachusetts. Sergeant Nicole G. She was 23. A few days before she died, she posted a photo on her Instagram showing her holding an Afghan baby with the caption, I love my job. I didn't think this would be that hard. I thought I'd just be reading a list of names. But when you start going through it, you realize that um, these were people, real people that um, that had their own personalities, their own lives. Um, and yeah, it's of course just devastating for each one of them. And when you read their stories, it's it's just really impactful. So I apologize. Um, I'm really trying to hold it together because... Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to share just a tiny piece of who these people are. Um, so please forgive me. In a Facebook post, the city of uh, Roseville, Roseville, excuse me, um, which I don't even know, doesn't tell me where she's from, but, um, she graduated in 2016, so she's 23, um, same year I graduated high school. Um, her husband, Jared Gee, is also a Marine. Marine Corporal Humbert, Humberto Sanchez, um, Indiana, 22. He bravely answered the call to serve his nation, and I am both proud of his service and deeply saddened by his loss. That's Indiana representative. May we never forget Corporal Sanchez's name or his heroism to a grateful nation. Marine Lance Corporal Dylan Marola, Marola's mother, said he was a kind and loving, or said he was kind and loving. Um, he was 20 when he died. And um, Army Staff Sergeant Ryan Canos, Canos, the Canas family told uh, local news he enlisted shortly after graduating from Gibbs High School in 2016. 
Um, I'm not sure where that is. There's not a, a ton of details in each of these sections. Um, but uh, his formal principal said, um, I shook his hand. I handed him his diploma. And to know that he was going to make to sacrifice for me is just unbelievable. So that's the list we have here. Um, that's from Yahoo. I'm going to try to get myself together, and then I'm going to come right back and finish this up here. Okay, so I've pulled myself together. Um, <laughs> again, I apologize for kind of falling apart there. Um, like I said, just it's super impactful when you actually read the individual stories about each one of um, those that gave their lives for us. Um, so now that we have looked at each of the individuals who gave their lives for us, let's talk about... What led to that moment? So I still kind of do a, plan to do a full breakdown on Afghanistan. Um, so at this point, I'm just kind of going to be jumping in, right? I'm going to be assuming that you're kind of caught up to what's going on, um, especially because we've already spent a lot of time uh, this episode already. Don't have a lot more time to give with it. But um, President Biden decided that he was going to set a deadline and pull people out. Now, that's not completely unreasonable. Keep in mind, President Trump, before he left office, set a loose deadline um, to have people out this May, okay? So it's not unreasonable to set a deadline and say, we want to get out by then. But it's all in the execution. It's all in how you execute the plan to get out and the withdrawal. Now, again, Trump set a loose deadline. It likely would have moved, and then, just like kind of Biden's did, because the original deadline was May, Biden moved to September, it would have been moved, but it also, he would have adapted as need be. He would have listened to the intelligence, weighed his options, and decided how to best proceed. That is not what Biden did. Biden was told over and over and over again that if you pull out in this fashion, by this date, we will not be successful in even getting out our own folks, let alone any Afghan refugees, or I guess at that point, Afghans wanting to flee their own country um, for fear of Taliban takeover. He also was warned, kind of preceding that, that the Taliban would easily overtake the country in a very short amount of time. He knew that. He knew it. And what, by the way, I'm, I'm putting all of this on President Biden for the simple fact that the president is accountable for what his administration does. But I'm fully aware that he is probably not the one that made the call, especially giving his age and dementia. It's the Biden administration. Someone in the administration made that call. I'm not, I don't know who. Really no reason to speculate because I, I, there's nothing to go off of there, at least for me and my perspective. That's not, what I'm, that's not what this is about. When I say Biden, I'm referring to his administration, and he is the president, so he is accountable for everything his administration does, and frankly, everything the America does during his, um, his term. So the Biden admin, again, decided to proceed despite the warnings. And again, I get it. We wanted to get our troops out. And in my view, it, again, it's, it seems like getting our troops out was still the right decision. Okay, no one's questioning that. No one's like, well, I shouldn't say no one. 
Some people do think that we should have kept troops there. I get it. Especially at this point, it was basically a skeleton force, right? We had, what, 25,000 soldiers there? That's, that's nothing compared to what we have had in the past. So, um, and again, very few casualties um, since 2011. Um, like the 13 that were killed, that's the most casualties we've had since 2011 in Afghanistan. Um, and again, any life lost is, is hugely important. But, again, thinking on the scale of that. So I get why peop- some people think that we should have just stayed, especially considering how few forces we, uh, how few troops that we had there at that point. However, putting that argument aside, because that's not what I'm here about, okay? You, you can say that we should have stayed, you can say we, it's good that we left, or it's good that we were planning to leave. That's not the argument for me and for many of us especially these folks that lost their children. The the argument is, why was it done in this fashion? Why was it done in a half-assed, half-cocked way that clearly did not plan for for the consequences of doing so in such a fashion? That is, that is the issue at hand. That is the problem. That is why we are pissed, and rightfully so, at the Biden administration. This is on him. The 13 dead are dead because of Biden. I want to be very clear about that. Not mincing words, the 13 troops that died in Afghanistan last week are dead because of Biden. If Biden had had planned more, if he would have thought about what it could look like to do, to slowly, maybe slowly pull out troops, Instead of just, oh yeah, let's get everybody out by September 11th, just because, you know, 10th anniversary, or excuse me, 20th anniversary. Really? A photo op? A photo op is why you wanted this done that quickly and in that fashion. How's that photo op going to work? How's that photo op going to look now, Biden? How's it going to look? Are you going to be able to celebrate now, huh? I mean, they might. They probably will. I don't know, to be quite honest with you, based on the way... They've reacted to these 13 dead troops. Oh, yeah. Um, we're sad about it. My son also served. And so I'm going to kind of get a little emotional for a minute. This is his, his speech that he gave that night. This is, this is I'm going to be emotional for a minute because my son also, you know, served. And then, oh, and then we're going to start arguing with um, one of the journalists on our pre-selected list of journalists who's actually asking us meaningful questions about why this happened and how it could have been avoided and why it wasn't avoided. Oh, yeah. And then Kamala laughing it off. It's ridiculous. This administration is so un-American, so anti-American, that they're literally laughing, laughing off 13 dead troops. It's ridiculous. And I'm not kidding about that. You can look that up. That happened. Anyways, um... So yeah, that's the problem we have with with the administration and how they executed this plan. The blood is on their hands. Um, And frankly, those that voted for Biden, I realize that there's no way of of having known what would subsequently happen, right? You just, you, you cast your vote, you contribute to that based on what they were trying to sell you in the campaign. Basically, I'm not Trump. That was, that was like his whole campaign, right? Sure. Okay. Fine. I'm not going to put the blood of those 13 troops on the voters. I'm not going to do it. 
again, because they didn't know what they were getting into. To an extent. They didn't know what they were getting into to an extent. They're not fully absolved of guilt because, or of blame, I should say, because, frankly, they had to have known something like this would happen. Maybe not this exact situation with Afghanistan, but based on everything, the history of of this Democrat um, circle, you got Biden, Obama, Hillary, there's a history of bad policy with these folks. And so since then, we have been suffering because of these Biden voters. We've been suffering with high inflation, like skyrocketing inflation. We've been suffering with high gas prices because of inflation and high costs in general across the board. We've been suffering with um, businesses struggling to find workers because workers don't want to work because they're getting free money from the government. So why not just stay at home, be lazy, do nothing all day, and get paid by the government because, quote-unquote, I'm scared of COVID, right? That's what's going on. Under Biden's watch, because of Biden, all of these things are happening. And they all are new since January. Folks, this has been not even eight full months into his term. And we have all of those things, a wrecked economy, horrible, horrible job uh, situation. And then worst of all, this Afghanistan situations and 13 dead troops. Um, 11 Marines, one Navy uh, hospitalman, and one Army sergeant. So, yeah, good choice. Um, thank you, Biden voters. Thank you. But not all doom and gloom. Um, again, I'm I'm not gonna put the blame solely on them or fully on them. Um, I wouldn't say they're absolved completely either. And I would also extend forgiveness because, again, maybe they didn't know. Maybe they truly didn't know. But to those who didn't know, I would I would encourage you, I would plead with you to please be informed next time. That is the very least you can do for the rest of us. Okay? Okay. All right. So that kind of wraps up that portion. Um, what else is going on? I mean... The Huskers lost again. Um, by the way, I'm based in Nebraska, in case uh, you're listening from outside of Nebraska. Uh, but yes, the Huskers lost again. But, um, also, another little side note. I think s- at least some people are starting to wake up to the fact that they made a mistake voting for Biden. Because I've been seeing um, like Bring Back Trump trending, uh, trending on Twitter a lot since the Afghanistan thing. Well, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, so I'm not going to harp on it too much. But yeah. I mean, I think y'all know you made a mistake. At least many of you. So, yeah, there's there's something something brewing. Bill Maher, who's been... Okay, so uh, for those unfamiliar with Bill Maher, he's a comedian. HBO, um, I, I, I would... I mean, he's barely a comedian, but he's more of a commentator. I'm going to call him that because it's more accurate. He's a commentator, hosts Real Talk with Bill Maher on HBO. Um, never a huge fan of him. I mean, he's he's a staunch liberal. It's pretty clear. Um, however, in recent years, he's been speaking out against the woke left, um, against the, you know, BLM crowd, against the uh, snowflake crowd, I guess, and just talking about how soft they've become and how like they're trying to cancel everybody and everything, 
And more recently, in the most recent episode, he talked about they the, how the left has lost perspective on real oppression. He says, we are not the bad guys. And so I'm going to insert a clip uh, from that episode here because I think it brings some great perspective from someone on the left speaking about how how much the left in general has lost perspective. Have a little perspective about the stuff we howl about here. I'm... S- I'm sorry your professor said something you didn't like. That won't be a problem with the Taliban because you're not allowed to go to school. In Saudi Arabia, grown women can be jailed for doing the kind of things we think of as routine without the permission of a male guardian. China rounds you up if you're the wrong religion and puts you in camps. More children in Burkina Faso work than are in school. Only 5% of Burundians have electricity. The homicide rate in Honduras is eight times what it is here. The inflation rate in Venezuela is 2,719%. The Philippines, in the last five years, has put to death 27,000 low-level drug dealers. My old job. (laughs) In North Korea, people starve to death. The only people who starve here are doing it for a role. And the only people who have no water live in California. (laughs) If you think America is irredeemable, turn on the news or get a passport and a ticket on one of those sketchy airlines that puts its web address on the plane. There's a reason Afghan mothers are handing their babies to us. So once again, that was Bill Maher. Um, I just thought it... It's again. It's very interesting. I like to bring in different perspectives. Um, Bill Maher is not a conservative by any stretch of the imagination, but even he admits that the left has gone too far in recent years. So, um, mother of one of the slain Marines, um, Kathy McCollum, spoke to a, a local news radio uh, host about what was going on. So, I'm going to play that clip now. I'm going to take this call. I'm going to start with calls here. Kathy, Colorado, you're on the Wilcow Majority. Hello. Hey, my son was one of the Marines that died yesterday. And to listen to that. Sorry, I'm on the radio. No, 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 no. Um, My son Uh, was one of the Marines that died yesterday. 20 years and six months old, getting ready to come home from freaking Jordan to be with his wife to watch the birth of his son. And that feckless, dementia-ridden piece of crap just sent my son to die. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning to Marines at my door telling me my son was dead. So, to have her on right before me and listen to that piece of crap talk about diplomatic crap with freaking Taliban terrorists who just freaking blew up my son and no, nothing, to not say anything about, oh my God, I'm so sorry for the families. So my son is gone, and I just want all you Democrats who cheated in the election or who voted for him legitimately, you just killed my son. With a dementia-ridden piece of crap who doesn't even know he's in the White House, he still thinks he's a senator. So as you can tell, uh, just completely distraught um, and kind of you know, at a loss for words and kind of repeating herself and just clearly 
I'm distraught. But I think at the heart of what she's saying is poor decisions led to this. Poor decisions all around by the American people and by the Biden administration. And clearly she's upset about it and she has every right to be. Every right. Every word she says, you can't say that a single word she said that she didn't have the right to say that after having those Marines come to her house in the middle of the night to tell her her son was dead. She had every right to say every word of that. And I stand with her and I stand with all of these parents who lost their children to this. So, all right, um, moving on. Oh, hey, so, yes, I'm jumping all over the place. I apologize. The Huskers lost, but, 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 we, we got the first score of the game and the first score of the 2021 college football season. So that's pretty pretty neat, if you ask me, right? All right. You didn't ask me, but I'm going to say it anyways. All right, what else, what else, what else? Um, so the Republicans have introduced articles of impeachment uh, for Antony Blinken. Um, and I believe he's, what is he, Secretary of State? Yep. Um, Secretary of State, Antony, Antony, not Anthony, sorry. Antony Blinken. Actually, not sorry, because he's a piece of, piece of, a feckless piece of crap. I'll quote the mother. Hope he gets impeached. I also hope Biden gets impeached, but I don't think that's going to happen. Just because the Democrat majority. So, that's all I got for you today. Um, thank you to everybody that's been listening to us and um, sticking with us. Like I said, it, it might be kind of a rough go at it as we are just getting started here. But stick with us. I promise you won't be disappointed. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen, and join us next week for um, another episode. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Disputed underscore pod and on Instagram at Disputed.pod. My personal Twitter is at Nev Hoffman if you want to give that a follow as well. Disputed with Nevin Hoffman is produced by Nevin Hoffman and distributed by Anchor. Music from bensound.com. Bensound.com.